waters.
honor and power unto the Lord our God. Let me see you rise on your feet. Wave your hands. For the Lord our God is mighty. Yes, the Lord our God. Hey, I'm on a monster. The Lord. I am a you have given to us to live and worship and praise you. We glorify your name, Lord, for who you are, for what you have done, and for the things you are going to do. You were, you are, and you will continue to be even after the end is come and gone. You reign it forever. And there is none like you. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you for reserving us unto yourself in this generation. The Bible says, do Israel will be as many as the sons by the seashore. Only the remnants will be saved. Thank you for making us that remnant in this generation. Thank you for what you have done for us in Akwaibum State University through the chapel of praise. Father, I glorify your name. For all you have done, the things we can see, the things we cannot see, the things that are beyond the comprehension of our mortal senses, I say may your name be highly exalted forever and ever and ever. 
I stand before you, Lord, as your servant. I do not have words of my own to speak to your children. Let it please you, Lord, to speak through me. And as you speak, let the power in your word settle issues and matters in the lives of these your children. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for everything. Be thou exalted now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. I'm always happy and happy and grateful to God each time I come to Chapel of Praise because of the wonderful things that the Lord is doing here. Once again, I tell God thank you. Thank you for Chapel of Praise. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine how this campus would have been but for chapel of praise. Yes. There was a time we had a reign of demons on this campus. And in that season, I'm very sure none of you, none of you, even mama wasn't here. I'm not sure mama was here. And in that season, I was drafted to come and preach here. When I came, I spoke on the efficacy of prayers. And I told the children of God that were, were here, I said, you cannot be here and, and, and demons will take over this campus. Arise and let us pray. And when that was done, the powers that be then on this campus physically confronted me and told me, they say you are a pastor. Go away from this place to your church. Stop destroying things here. <laughs> and I just knew that the Lord had answered the prayers made in chapel of praise. And I turned around and told him, yes, I'm doing my job. What we do as children of God is to destroy the work of Satan. And so I, I mean every word of it. Akwaibom State University is as well positioned as what it is today because there is a chapel of praise. Yes. Yes. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the management of this university who is so supportive I mean of the things of God I thank God for mama I thank God for all of you I keep, I keep getting amazed each time I come here like when I say it, each time I come to chapel of praise I see heaven I mean it The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So you, the way you praise God, the way you dance, the way the drummers are, you bring down heaven. God bless all of you. 
my when when I got the theme for this uh, for this service, I, I looked at it and you know, for us as apostles, we are the ones who formulate themes and then give to people to go and research and preach on. So when I saw this one, I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not used to following people's themes, but let me look at it. And I looked at it and my spirit was in agreement with it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, no deviation. I'm going to go straight and speak on the theme, worshiping the Lord the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Worshipping the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the text, the text as given is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 to 6. And I read in English. How many of us came to this service with our Bibles? Can I see it? I have a wonderful treasure. Lift it up, lift it up. The gift of God without me. I will travel together. My Bible and I. So, amen. So, the rest of us did not come with our Bibles. Uh, is in the phone or maybe in one device please 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 there are things we must do as Christians there are things we must do it's not it's not written it's not written there are things that the spirit of God must lead us if there's something the devil is trying to do now if it were possible this scripture would have been rewritten things would have been inserted things would have been removed and it would have been changed in a way to suit the purpose of Satan himself. And one of the ways we can stop the Antichrist from doing that is to keep hard copies of this Bible. Keep it. Treasure it. Keep it. Make sure you have a copy of the Bible. Bring it to church. One of the things I will hand over to, my, to generations that will follow me are copies of my Bible. Eh? And I cannot hand over a digital copy on one device. You cannot. That device will go bad one day and everything that is there is lost. So let's keep it. There's a serious campaign going on in the world today against the written word. There's a serious campaign. The spirit of the Antichrist is here. And the target is the word of God. The target is directly targeting the basic principles of Christianity. And how to easily do it. That's why sometimes I caution. Be careful the version of Bible you even buy. Huh? Make sure you have a King James version. And maybe NIV. But there are so many versions that have been so changed and modified and some of the truths, basic fundamental truth of the scriptures are either hidden or masked in some, some languages, fine languages. I prefer, I prefer to stick to my King James. If I have a problem with interpretation due to the old English, 
I'll read my read it alongside my NIV. But please have a Bible. Have a Bible. God will appreciate you for having a Bible. <laughs> God bless you. So Deuteronomy chapter 6 and I read from verse 4 to 6 also. And I read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. I would have stopped there. But let me read it, verse 6, for completion. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Glory be to God. Now, I'm speaking on the topic Hallelujah to the Most High God. Hallelujah to the Most High God. Now, the text in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 to 6 is a call to worship. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Love him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. The word, the word love in that passage can be exchanged for worship. We can, we can replace the word love in that passage for worship. They mean the same thing. The word worship is indefinable. You can't define it. Just as the word love. You can't define the word love. Love means too many things to different people. And the same thing as worship. It means too many things. What is worship to mama may not be worship to one woman there in the street. What is worship to you may not be worship to another student somewhere. Is that understood? What is worship to me? But we are, we are talking to worship in the context of worshiping God. In the context of worshiping God, love is the same word as worship. So we could have said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Worship him. Instead of saying love him, we could have said, Worship him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You, there can be no worship of God if you don't love God. You can't worship. And we are talking about worshiping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot. You can't worship. Lordship talks about kingship. talks about enthronement. Worshiping the enthronement. Worshiping the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You can't enthrone a king that you don't love. You cannot. It is not possible for a king to reign in a territory where he is not loved. It's not. It's not. And so for every reasonable king who wants to reign, what he does is to endear himself to his subject. Yes, that's it. A king that endears himself to his subject, I mean, he reigns in glory. He reigns in glory. There's no struggle. A king that is endeared to the people, a king that his people love, will go to the street without escort. 
He will go to the street without escort. He don't need ambulance. He will go to site to inspect without any military men surrounding him. He will go there and come back. And we used to have some of them in the past. So, we are talking about loving Jesus, worshipping him, and enthroning him. Glory be to God. Now, the word worship is very simple, but sometimes we see it as being a complex term. It's not. As worshippers, we should understand what worship is. Let us look at this, this statement. If I say if I say if I say save my soul O Lord I have prayed. Hmm? If I say Lord save my soul that's a prayer. If I say Lord thank you for saving my soul what's that? That's praise. That's praise. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. I'm praising him. Is that okay? I'm praising him. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, my... That's a praise song. But if I say, Lord, thank you for who you are. You are the healing balm of Gilead. You are the almighty God. There is none like you. Huh? What am I doing? That's worship. So from a heart full of love and there is this outpour of recognition of those attributes of God that we have so benefited from, that we have so gained from, we are worshiping God. Hallelujah. And then worship, there's nothing like, there's nothing like worship session. There's nothing like worship session. Hey, Sister, Sister, Sister Mary, you were not in church. First service was wonderful. The worship session as led by Mama was simply glorious. There's nothing. There's nothing like worship session of 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour. No, no, no. There's nothing like worship session. Worship sessions, yes, I'm not discouraging worship sessions. It's part of it. Because when we come into the presence of, of God, there is fullness of joy. However we want to do it, however the Holy Spirit leads us, we make ourselves happy. Do you understand me? But this is, by the standard of God, there's nothing like worship session. It's not supposed to end there. Let's go to church on Sunday and worship God. It's not supposed to end there. It's not, a, it's not a day thing. It's not a sessional thing. What God expects that we may, that we may worship, worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ, God expects our entire life is supposed to be a session of worship. Our entire life is not a thing of 20 minutes. It's not a thing of Sunday. Is a lifetime of worship. Our life is supposed to be a session of what? Of worship. Not 20 minute thing. Somebody quarrels with a neighbor. A neighbor quarrels with a neighbor. <laughs> I won't answer you. 
It's because you know Satan is using you to tempt me. It's because you know today is worship. Let me come back from worship. Eh? <laughs> that trouble you are looking for, that fight you are looking for, let me come back from worship. You will do what? You will get it. And, and he or she runs to church. Eh? Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, I worship you. There is no one like you. You reign it forever. To your reign, there is no boundary. Ah, and he and he or she begins to, to speak and to speak and to speak. And he's worshiping God. Oh. 20 minutes after, worship session is over. He goes back to the house. Is it me you were looking for? Is it me you were? Is it me you were looking for that trouble in the morning? And uh, because worship, worship session is over. This is not what God is looking. For us to worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is a lifetime of worship. A lifetime of activities. A lifetime of walking with God according to his dictates, according to his commandments. This is the standard of God. Hallelujah. Now, every king that reigns comes with an agenda. Huh? Every king, every king that must reign, except I don't know, I don't know a king who will assume position and doesn't have an agenda of uh, the things he intends to come and perform, the, the improvements he intends to bring. Huh? In Aquaibo today, we have the Arise agenda. Is it not? The Arise Agenda. Uh, our previous governor had the Dakada. The Dakada Agenda. Whatever that meant, the Arise Agenda has also come. Whatever that meant, I'm not interested in politics. I just want to see, I just want to see what all of that translates to. Is that okay? But, but Jesus also came. The Jesus that we must, we, we must worship his lordship. The one we must enthrone, the one that must reign, he came with an agenda. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The single agenda of Jesus. And the angel said to Joseph, He shall put forth a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he shall. Save his people from their sins. And somebody asks you, what was, the, what was the purpose of Jesus coming? If you tell him he came to save us, his people, which is us, he came to save us from our sins. You are correct, 100%. This is, this is the beginning and the end of the reason Jesus came. His agenda. By the time I and you key into this agenda, we have enthroned him. We have worshipped his lordship. He came to save his people from their sins. And when you read Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, 15 and 16, he did it. The Bible says he took my sins. He took your sins. 
and nailed it to his cross. Triumphing over principalities and powers. And, and he, by triumphing over the devil, principalities and powers, Jesus assumed the position of Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He assumed it. And then it is left for I and you who, pro, who profess belief in him to continue to allow him to reign in that position as Lord and King, worshipping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's left for I and you to ensure that the very purpose for which he came is not a failure to save us from our sins, not to save us into, because we seem to behave as if Jesus came to save us into, back into our sins. No, it's to save us from our sins. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now, worshipping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ entails me, me, ensuring that he reigns in my life. Hallelujah, Jesus reigns. Hallelujah, Jesus reigns. He reigns in me and he reigns in you. Hallelujah, Jesus reigns. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus reigns. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus reigns. He reigns in me and he reigns in you. Hallelujah, Jesus reigns. Amen. It's to ensure, as I'm singing it, if he reigns in me, what does it mean? He reigns in me because, and he reigns in you because, in you, in me, his agenda is established. His agenda is successful. His agenda of saving us, saving me from my sins is established and confirmed. But when that agenda is failed in the life of any man, that man is not worshipping the lordship of our Lord Jesus because Jesus is not reigning in his life. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 Jesus is not reigning in the life of anybody who after receiving salvation who after receiving righteousness is still living a life of sin it's not it's not Jesus cannot reign in the life of a lesbian. Jesus cannot reign in the life of a homosexual. Jesus is not reigning in the life of an arm robber. Jesus is not reigning in the life of a cultist. Jesus is not reigning there. He's not reigning. Jesus is not reigning in, in, a, in a body that is given to fornication and adultery. Jesus is not reigning there. He reigns. And those who have enthroned him are those who are walking in conformity with his agenda. He came to save us from our sins. Hallelujah, Jesus conquered the world. Hallelujah, Satan, you are in trouble. The Lord reigned in my life today. 
Hallelujah, Jesus conquered the world. Hallelujah, the time you are in trouble, the Lord reigned in my life. Is it raining? Is it raining in your life? Otherwise, who is raining? Satan. Anyone, anyone that is living a life of sin is intruding the lordship of Satan. So it is not in singing, it is not in dancing, it is not in preaching as I'm preaching, it's in the action. It's in the action. Who is enthroned in your life? Who is enthroned? But if we must worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ, by direct interpretation, we must enthrone Jesus in our lives. And enthroning Jesus in our lives, uh, just as a king, let me tell you who is a king in any place. The Bible says where the word of the king is, there is power in the word to carry out the instruction of the king. That is what makes a man a king. If you have a village here, and he says, tomorrow there will be sanitation. And by tomorrow morning, none of his subjects will come out to do sanitation. My dear, he's not the king. Are you following me? He's not the king. Because his people have not enthroned him by carrying out his instructions. The person whose commandment is followed is the king. Please, am I speaking to somebody? The person whose command, if the vice chancellor is the king, is the lord of this campus, right? But if the vice chancellor, God forbid it won't happen, gives an instruction to the director of ICT, tomorrow close the portal, and tomorrow I keep the portal open. And everybody, all Tom, Dick, and Harry will be registering. Eh? And nothing happens to me. And everybody follows me. Are you following me? If nothing happens to me, if nothing demonstrates the power of the authority that be, that means kingship had left the VC. It's a very, very simple illustration. So whoever, whoever speaks and stands is the king. So in so many families, the people you see as king, installed as king, are not the king. So, are you following me? They are not the king. In so many compounds, in so many states. And unfortunately, some of us do not know that it's all about power play. Our journey with Christ is about power play. It's about who reigns. It's about who reigns. That is why some of us, some of, some of you, some landlords will not accommodate you. They will take rent from you. One year rent. After two months, they will call you and say, please, I don't want again. Take all your money and do what and go. Because by the time you kneel down and begin to worship God and begin to pray, there's a tussle going on in the spiritual reign, and that tussle is all about who reigns. It gets to a point where the landlord or the landlady or some wicked neighbors will try to undertake some spiritual manipulations, and your prayer will not allow it to happen. 
They will wish that somebody in that compound will die. And just by the reason of your prayer, the person will leave. What it simply means that you have, by spiritual authority, by grace, you have taken the rulership of that compound. And so the man will tell you, come and do what? Come and go. And some of us in our families, the people ruling, you see one wicked man that has not chewed twin stick for 10 years. Everybody kicks him aside. But that is the king of that place. The person he wants to die, dies. The woman he wants to successfully give birth, gives birth. The one he doesn't want to come back alive will die. He is the one firing the shot and so he's the king. And that is why as children of God, wherever we are, we ensure we take over the authority of that place. We don't allow it. We take over the rulership. Because God has given us this grace. He has given us the mandate that we shall decree a thing and that which we have decreed shall come to pass. You don't just go and sit down and allow people to take authority over you and begin to do things that are not permissible to you as a child of God. Now before I digress, what led to that is that Jesus is not a king when his commandments are not followed. He doesn't reign in my life when I don't carry out his commandment. We, we are not worshipping the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ if we are not carrying out his commandment. He came to save us from our sins. Not to save us into. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now, I had said that to love, to worship means to love. You cannot, nobody can worship a king that you don't love. There will be rebellion. There will be rebellion. And Jesus said it very simple. In John chapter 14 verse 15. Very simple. John chapter 14 verse 15. If, if ye love me, keep my commandments. He that keepeth, John 14 21 says, he that keepeth my commandment is he that loves me. In other words, if you, if you claim, if you worship me, keep my commandment. Man, worshiping God is in keeping his commandment. Enthroning Jesus as Lord is in keeping his commandment. I'm not preaching the law. I'm not. I'm not preaching the law. But remember he came and he said, I came not to destroy the law, but I came to do what? To fulfill. If you love me, keep my commandment. If you worship me, it shouldn't be a thing of we come to church, we sing, we dance, we pray, and we say we worship the Lord, we give ourselves and we worship. That's not worship. Worship is a lifetime affair. Our entire life is supposed to sum into the worship of God as we keep his commandment, as we walk with him. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now, another thing about keeping his commandment, that is worshiping him, the Bible says in one place that for true worshippers must worship him in what? In truth 
in spirit and in the truth. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is, this is even the essence of our lives. So this, this leads us to the subject of holiness. Everybody say holiness. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7 the Bible says we are called unto holiness. That's what we are called unto. Be ye holy for I am holy. These are the words of God. Now, now what, is, what is holiness? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 the Bible says without holiness no man no man shall do what? Shall see the Now that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and by grace through Jesus we are all righteous. We are all righteous not by works. Not by deeds of the law. We are righteous through, through, through grace that comes from Jesus. Am I right? Am I still communicating to somebody? I'm saying that righteousness comes by grace through Jesus. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, by the things you do, it shows that you have come to the point of righteousness. We come and sing, we come and dance, we do the things that God has asked us to do, we do the thing that conforms to the pattern of following Christ. Otherwise, we shouldn't be in church. There should be no gathering like this and we shouldn't be here. And so we are righteous. Righteousness is an inheritance. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Every weapon that is formed against thee shall no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. And their righteousness. So my righteousness is not from me. Mama's righteousness is not from her. Your righteousness is not from you. Your righteousness, our righteousness is from who? Is from Jesus. I, remember, I'm talking about holiness. But I need to trash the issue of righteousness. Because one can be righteous, but not holy. I want to repeat it. One can be righteous, but not holy. Please don't forget it and quote me wherever you go. That Apostle Pablo came to Chapel of Praise and said that one can be righteous but not holy. Because righteousness is inherited. You don't need to work for it. But holiness, holiness, the only means through which we can worship God, we can worship the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ is holiness. Without which no man can see the Lord. No man can communicate with God. No man is acceptable to God without holiness. God accepts the worship of his saints. The prayer of the wicked is an abomination before the Lord. That's what the Bible says. 
And that prayer includes the dances, the preaching, the offering, the singing. Let me tell us one story. In heaven, it is not every voice that is heard. God does not hear every voice. A certain choir director was preparing a choir like this for a concert. And while running around to prepare the choir for the concert, the choir director had an accident and died. And so he couldn't leave to witness the actual participation of his choir in the concert. At the golden gate, he met Jesus. And he pleaded and said, Lord Jesus, give me a chance to witness the performance of my choir. I've put in a lot preparing them. Let me just go and witness. Let me go back. Soon after the concert, you can take me. I'm ready. And the Lord Jesus told him, no. You can't go back. I've taken you. You're ripe for harvest. Come. But I will give you a chance to listen and, and see the performance of your choir. So when the day of concert was due and then his choir sang and the veil of heaven was opened for the choir director to see his choir. He listened attentively and he heard a few voices coming out from his choir. The song wasn't cohesive. It wasn't interesting. And he said, Lord Jesus, how come I can't hear their voices? I'm hearing only the voice of Sister Margaret. I can hear the voice of Brother Okun. But what about my lead singer? What about the one who performs wonders in the section of the bars? And Jesus told him, my dear, in heaven, it is not every voice that is heard. It is not every singing voice. It is not every praying voice. It is not every dancing step that is even seen. Because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. When we mean see, we are talking about an appearance. We are talking about interaction. We are talking about communication. Worshipping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now righteousness being an inheritance is not enough for us to see the Lord. It's not. After being righteous, something is expected. And what is expected is in line with the theme of this message. What is expected is a life of worshipping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. A life of ensuring that Jesus is enthroned in our life. A life of ensuring that we, 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 we ensure that the mandate of Jesus in coming to the world is fulfilled. And that is he came to save us from our sins. A life that we completely departure, depart, a complete departure from what is evil, what God loathes, what God wants against. A holy life. Holiness is not difficult to achieve. 
Let me define to us what holiness is. A woman who is holy, a man who is holy, is a man who keeps the commandment of God. That's all you need to do to be holy. And when you keep the commandment of God, you worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's holiness. It is holiness that will take I and you to heaven. And the topic, hallelujah to the most high. <laughs> hallelujah. The topic is hallelujah to the most high, is it not? And then, everyone that came out here, oh, I'm in love with the, with the chorus leader. I'm in love with him. The way he could blend, you know, the contemporary and the I'm in love with him. God bless him. I'm in love with the entire choir group. God bless you. It is holiness that will take us to heaven. It is holiness and not righteousness. So one can be righteous and not holy. But then, you cannot be holy without first being righteous. There is no holiness outside Christ. You must accept the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. You must give your life to him. You must accept the power of salvation that comes from him to inherit righteousness. And after inheriting righteousness, something more is requested. You must begin to walk with him. The first man in the Bible that God described as being righteous is Noah. If you read Genesis chapter 6 verse 9, you see, the Bible in that place says that Noah was a righteous and perfect man, a just and perfect man. But he added something, that Noah walked with God. So after being righteous and perfect, something else is expected that makes you a holy person, a walk with God. And what is a walk with God? If you're walking with me, it simply means stand there, you stand. Let us move, you move. Squat here, you squat. That's a walk. You do the things that I command. You do the things that I want you to do. That's a walk with God. And that is when a man is said to be holy. And that is the true meaning of worshipping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what will take us to heaven. Well, when I preach, I'm always that an old generation preacher. So I thank the Lord that I'm, old I'm an old generation pre preacher in the 21st century. Because I know God has his standards that are not subject to the changes of the world. The standard of God will never change. The commandment of the Lord will never be amended. Until the end of days and beyond, the wages of sin will continually be dead. It will not change. No matter the knowledge explosion, I thank God I'm part of the, of the knowledge explosion. No matter the knowledge explosion, the standard of God remains. The wages of sin will never change you. 
No matter how smart the world will become, the wages of sin remains dead. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. So, I always love it when I'm called an old generation preacher. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It's good. It's good for me. It's good for me. It's good for me. I know. Don't mind what you see on the social media. Don't mind what you see on the internet. People telling you heaven is not, is, is not, is not, is not how it, that is not how it's going to be. Heaven is just an appearance. Hey, there is heaven. Ah, what a great day that that day will be when the Lord Jesus shall come. Will come. What a great day that that day will be when, when the Lord Jesus, Jesus shall come, we shall walk, walk through the golden gate. We shall walk, walk through the golden gate. We shall walk, we shall walk through the golden gate. Nothing, nothing, nothing contradicts the scriptures. John chapter 14, verse 1, 2, and 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and also believe in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If not, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place. And when I'm done preparing the place, I will come back and take you. That where I am, you will be there also forever and ever. What is anybody going to? And this is Jesus speaking directly to the church. And without holiness, without worshipping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ, you won't be there. You won't be there. There are no two ways about it. There's no middle point. First Thessalonians chapter 4. 15, 16, 17. For we that are alive shall not come before them that are dead in anything. At the, at the blast of the trumpet, the dead in Christ shall rise first and meet, and meet with the Lord in the air, specifically. Before we that are still alive to the coming of the Lord shall be caught up with them in the air and we will be with the Lord forever and ever. And you tell me when the Lord ascended, he did not ascend into heaven. Where did he ascend to? Did he ascend to your backyard? Hey, children of God, this is the end of time. I call it injury time. It's not even the last days anymore. This is not the last days anymore. I call it extra time. You know in a football match, there is injury time and there is extra time. The last days was in the days of Prophet Jewel. In the last days. And that was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. When Peter told the congregation, what you are seeing on the day of Pentecost is the fulfillment of the prophecy that was spoken by Prophet Jewel thousands of years ago. 
that in the last days I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see vision. Old men shall dream dreams. This is the fulfillment. So that means the days of Peter were the last days. So this is no longer the last days. This is extra time. The last days were over. From the days of Peter in the New Testament till now, only God knows the many thousand years that have gone by. So it can't be the last days again. These are extra, extra years, extra days. And so the church should be holy in readiness for her groom. The church should be ready in worshipping the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Messiah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. The ultimate hallelujah, we will sing it, not here, not in chapel, chapel of praise or auditorium. The ultimate hallelujah, we will sing in heaven. That is where we'll sing the ultimate. Mama, I love the topic. Eh? There's a very, very, and that is that can only be done by the Holy Spirit. There's a very, very fine knitting together of the theme and the topic. Because worshiping the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ, all of those who in truth worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ are the ones who will sing hallelujah in heaven. If you sing hallelujah in heaven, let me see your hands. Sing hallelujah. Amen. Sing hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Oh, sing hallelujah. Amen. I will never let the devil win the battle in my life. Don't let him. Let the devil not win the battle. Because if you're living, ah, what is it? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 6 reverses it. If, if after coming to the position of righteousness, if after knowing all that we know about Jesus, as the one who came and died for us, to save our souls. As, as the only begotten son of the most high God. As the propitiation of our sins. If we having known all of this, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 6 says, going back to our sins from the point of righteousness, it means crucifying Jesus afresh on the cross. That's what happens. Whenever we disobey him, Whenever we stick to sins, we are crucifying Jesus. We are making nonsense of the work of salvation. And from that position, you cannot worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot worship Him. You cannot. I pray the almighty God that Satan loses 
in all of our lives in Jesus name I am a lost to Satan oh. mama I'm a lost to Satan I am a lost to Satan completely mama are you not a lost to Satan I could have assisted the Satan himself to achieve so many things are you following me I could have been a tool in his hands could have assisted him to achieve so many things mama could have assisted you could have been assisting the devil to be king and lord but I can say it that I am a lost to Satan say, say to yourself I am a lost to Satan our job as children of God is to populate heaven and depopulate hell and so when we when we keep the commandment of God we populate heaven we encourage the body of Christ to move towards holiness why should a lecturer or why should a senior staff like me use my position to seduce a little girl that I should help if I do that what have I done I am depopulating heaven and populating her that is why I said I am a loss to Satan because I will not do those things that will enthrone him. I will do only those things that will enthrone Jesus. Hallelujah. So that at the end of the day, I and you will meet at the golden gate of heaven. May the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. I want to... I did not know. I'm just hearing this. Okay, I have been hearing it, but this is making a, a whole lot of difference to me. I'm deriving a meaning I have never derived from hearing this. So, I have made up my mind that I want to enthrone Jesus from today going forward in my life. I want him to reign. I want to worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ in the context of what I am hearing. Can I see your hands up? I want to enthrone Jesus in my life. Please, as you're waving, come out to me. I want to enthrone Jesus. Come, come out to me. Come out to me. God bless you. I want to enthrone Jesus in my life. I did not know this is it. I did not know this, this is what it meant. I want to enthrone Jesus. He alone must be Lord and King of my life. Come out. Come on, just come, just come. God bless you. When I was coming, God gave me a mandate and that's what I'm doing. I want to intrude. I want to worship the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Only this four. In the choir, eh? forget this uniform we are wearing. I want to intrude the Lordship of Jesus in my life. Come on. Can I see your hands? Please kneel down. Let me pray for you. Can we please stand? My lifetime, I will give God my lifetime. My lifetime, I will give. God, my lifetime. Yeah. 
say this. The Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth, salvation, confession is made unto salvation. No other person is existing in this world. It's just you and your Jesus. Say this after me. Jesus, Jesus, today, I accept you. I, I can't hear you. Today, today in the annals of your life will go down as the most important event. Jesus, Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. From today going forward, I will worship your Lordship. Give me the grace to do this. Preserve me for yourself and glory. In Jesus' name. Father, as I receive these ones that have openly accepted to walk with you, I ask for grace. The grace that will lead them through life to heaven. The grace that they will overcome Satan and his tricks and all his cunnings. You have given some of us this grace. Father, let this grace be sufficient unto these ones. In Jesus' name. I accept you into fellowship. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Accept you into fellowship in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I accept you into fellowship in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I accept you into fellowship in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you, Father, for what you have done. Thank you, Father, for the leading. Be thou exalted now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. May you sit down, please. Hallelujah. 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 Celebrate Jesus once again.